Welcome to the 12th episode of Faith, Hope, and Prosperity, hosted by Austin Green. In this episode, you'll hear from Colby Bauer, CEO of Thread Wallets, about his unique spiritual perspectives and his entrepreneurial adventures. We hope you enjoy this episode. In every episode, we interview prosperous members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The goal of the show is to encourage and inspire young adult members of the church. I hope you enjoy this episode. Colby, could you could you give us a little introduction about yourself? Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, my name is Colby Bauer. We, uh, my wife and I, we have two little girls, Ray and Scotty. Um, we've been married for seven years. We started a company together. Um, actually, when we were dating, we started it. Um, it's called Thread Wallets, and so we've been running a company together for seven years. Thread has grown, um, you know, to fifty-two employees, eight figures a year much more than we ever thought it would that's for dang sure um but it's been a, a wild ride and we're we're still enjoying it so that's most of our day we love traveling we love eating good food my wife's yelp elite and so we're constantly mm-hmm. eating really good food which is awesome um she's also an amazing cook um love traveling we love you know trop the the tropics uh, we spend a lot of time in hawaii um actually where fred w- was founded um i personally love surfing skateboarding snowboarding um anything action sports related um art love art um all those things are all kind of intertwined with our lifestyle man dang that's cool i i've met like a, i've met a good amount of people who have like started companies with their spouse but never with their girlfriend that's kind of cool like i know you guys are married now but how did, yeah. how did you do that? Cause I would be wary to do that. Right. Yeah. To, well, yeah, it's, it is risky, I guess. Now that looking back, I, I can see that, but for whatever reason, you're just caught up in the moment. Um, so actually I had the idea for, I lost my wallet to the ocean when I was living out in Hawaii and started looking online for a new one. Couldn't really find anything that I, I loved. It was basically the same wallet that, you know, your dad uses from the eighties. And so um, I ended up just rubbing, wrapping a rubber band around my, my cards and cash and fell in love with that. Mm. But then while, while going to BYU Hawaii, I was taking an entre- entrepreneurship class and basically we had to come up with a product and, and launch a Kickstarter campaign. And so I started thinking about my wallet and the category of wallets. And so I, I basically, because I love this rubber band so much as my wallet, I was like, I could just create a better rubber band and launch it as my product. And so I had the idea, but I didn't have a sewing machine. So I, um, I was looking for a sewing machine and I met, um, Mackenzie and she thinks I, I used her for her sewing machine, which I 100% did, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, but it ended up working out. We, we developed the first prototype of thread. She was actually the one that came up with the idea to put the key ring and the loop on it. So. Uh, she she cut up one of her headbands while we were sewing and she's like i think this needs a key ring loop so she cut up her headband and uh sewed a, a loop into the wallet which 
ends up being amazing because now we can, we, you know, people attach them to their gym passes, their lanyards, their keys, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. So yeah, it was, it kind of just happened organically. It wasn't like an intentional, oh, I'm gonna, we're going to start a business. It just like, we just started the relationship off just creating and, and both of us loved thinking about brands and creating businesses. We've always been passionate about that. She didn't study anything business related in school. She was more, um, her major was peace studies. So it was more like conflict resolution stuff. She was going to go to law school. So it wasn't anything business related, but when we just started, you know, off with this idea, we started selling them at farmer's markets. Um, and I was graduating, graduating and I had basically a few opportunities I had, um, to work with my dad, be a financial advisor. I could pursue playing professional soccer, which was intriguing. And then this, this business idea, this, this wallet idea that we had, um, it started to speak loudly and we were like, we, I think if we're going to start something, we really want to start something, which I personally did. And I, I think she did too, and could see the vision for it. What if we want to do it, I think now's the time. It's only going to get more difficult if we wait and put it off and then have kids and, you know, have a nice paid salary and all those things that you put on the golden handcuffs, it just gets harder. And so we decided let's just go for it. And so I don't know, it was, it kind of just happened organically. Uh, it never like scared me to get into business with family. Um, we just, we, we have our office has like, like everyone's related somehow. Um, it's nice because you just treat like when you're hiring, you don't have to wonder who that person is. Like you, they know that person. We know that per, that yeah. person for their their whole life. So it does create some issues working with family. You know, we really have to be intentional about who owns what, and you know what's like who has autonomy, who makes decisions, um, and just picking, you know, making sure those lanes are set. But other than that, I mean, we've been able to mitigate a, a number of different conflicts and yes we still get into crazy arguments but it's uh it's taught us a lot for sure so were you guys dating like before the the business project thing and you like knew she had a sewing machine or did you meet through that well let's see how did we we met through a friend that uh, just a mutual friend from byu hawaii and I didn't know she had a sewing. I mean, that wasn't like the reason that I started. <laughs> like, obviously I thought she was cute. We went on a date. And then I think the, the second date was like, I, I think I told her like, yeah, I'm working on this school project, but I can't find a sewing machine. She's like, well, just come over to my house tomorrow. Well, like I have a sewing machine. So it was, it was like that. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Man, that's cool. It's, uh, it's definitely a step up from a, from a rubber band too like it's it's not the <laughs> kind of thing you can fake it right <laughs> the upgraded rubber band yeah Glorified i know a lot of band. people who use them so like i feel like i feel like everyone i know uses them. like you see them everywhere so you're doing a great job you guys are killing it but um thank you okay cool. so something i'm always like kind of curious about you studied like business you did some entrepreneurial like classes and stuff in college do you feel like that was like really helpful, really necessary for you starting this business and all of that? Yeah, 100%. I, so I wasn't a great student, believe it or not. I mean, I just, from, from even in high school, I, I did get good grades. Like it wasn't about the grades. I could somehow figure out how to get good grades, but it was more or less like I didn't ever study for tests. I, I was 
wasn't the best at doing homework on time. And mm-hmm. I don't know, just, I, and I, and really my ADD kind of played into it as well. Like I, I just couldn't focus on, on school or things that I wasn't really interested in, but with business, I, like I, I actually started in high school. I started a clothing line and I realized that I, I, you know, you didn't have to like motivate me to work on business. Whereas like school, you couldn't pay me to do it, but, but business, I could focus on, I I would wake up early. I'd stay up late. I would, I just, I thrived on creating, you know? And so I, I, I kind of realized that about myself that I, I, I can only focus on things that I'm, passionate about that I'm really interested in and so going into school going to college I I would pick classes you know obviously you had to do your generals whatever and and those just I it was the worst I hated those classes but (laughs) I would try to I would try to choose classes that I was really interested in because those are the ones you know then I would perform well Um, Mm -hmm. and so that actually I took the entrepreneurship lecture series I can't maybe five times four or five times because I just loved it so much. Like it wasn't, for me, it was, it wasn't about um, just getting through school. It was about being educated. And I think that's the difference in in my approach to college was I took classes that I would feel that I could use them after school, you know? And, and I, Mm -hmm. if I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody say, I don't even use what I've studied in school, then I'd be a wealthy man. But, but, you know, I, I do think that there are attributes to school that you, you, you learn that aren't necessarily the hard skills, whether like, say you study to be a doctor and, and you don't end up being a doctor, let's say, but you still learn to study. You still learn, you learn how to learn. You, you connect with certain people. So yes, 100%, there are the hard skills that I learned in business classes and entrepreneurship classes. But I would say the, the bulk of what I learned and what and the benefit of school was the energy behind business and, and being surrounded in an environment with people who are constantly looking at business ideas and, you know, you're being challenged to come up with product ideas or think through problems, right? Like it's, it, it wasn't, maybe I didn't walk away with the ability to graphic design or learn how to run an email campaign per se, but I did learn that and I, I felt like the passion and the motivation and the energy in school that that social environment was like it's priceless it's hard to beat that you know so I believe that school played a major role in our success and in my own success um, obviously there are massive takeaways big lessons that I learned um, that I applied to business and you know it helped me form what my personal business philosophy is and, you know, whether that's reading books, you know, you, you're challenged to read books in school. And so, you know, I, there's a few books that really changed my, my pers- just how I, my approach to business. One is called E-Myth Revisited and, and I can, you know, or the Lean Startup, both of those kind of teach a similar principle. And I applied those to how we started Thread and I apply those today and how we continue to run Thread. So, um, Yes, I think the answer is pretty clear to me that school helped a lot in in thread. Wow, man, that's that's gonna. I've actually never read those books. Like, I really like to read business books, and I've never even like I've heard of the Lean Startup, but I've never read it or anything. So I'll have to add those to the list <laughs> for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, great book. But 
Okay, so I had a few questions. One is why why Hawaii? Why did you choose BYU Hawaii? Well, I was playing soccer here at BYU. I'm I'm in Provo now. It's where we're headquartered. And and BYU uh, soccer tryouts. I was already on the team, but there was this coach walking around, and um, at tryouts, and he was the BYU Hawaii coach. And he came up to me afterwards, and he said, "Have you ever thought about playing it in Hawaii?" And when he, when he asked that first off, I was a little bit like the pride in me was like, I'm already at Provo, you know, I was like, but then it got me thinking, you know, he, he, he painted this picture of like, of Hawaii and, and, and I just started to visualize what, what that would look like, you know, getting some friends out there, buying a little truck, going surfing, going skateboarding, exploring the Island. Like you can't beat that. So I like started to envision this. I was like, you know what? that would be amazing if I could convince my coach to let me go and then come back. And then also if I could get a few players to come with me, then I'm in, let's do it. And so we convinced my coach and um, we went out my, a few of my buddies, we went out to um, Hawaii and it was the best. I'm so glad, so glad that that opened that opportunity opened up first off because I met my wife, you know, that was, that was, that needed to happen in my life. But just that that time the time to just be free and live in hawaii like you can't beat that so that's what really drew me out there um and you know i'm i've always been attracted to action sports living up growing up in arizona i uh i always envied the california kids that you know had the ocean i wakeboarded competitively but i always wanted to surf and i was i was bummed that i never had the ocean so once I had this Hawaii opportunity to learn to surf, I was just stoked. I, I needed to take it. Man. Yeah, that is pretty cool, actually. Like, And you weren't even planning on it. It wasn't even like the direction you were going. And then one dude just came up and he's like, hey, <laughs> exactly. Baby, let's go to Hawaii. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. That's good, though. I, it's interesting how God can put people into our lives and into our path that can really change the trajectory. Um, yeah, out of nowhere, for sure. Yeah. You mentioned that you started like a clothing company in high school. Like, so have you, do you feel like you've always been like kind of entrepreneurial? Like you've always wanted to to have your own business and stuff? Yeah, I've always loved creating, you know, and I didn't, dis- I discovered it, I think, through this venture in high school because I, I had gone to this wakeboard camp in Florida and my best friend and I were on the airplane on our way back next to my dad, he came with us too. And we were just dreaming up, just like everyone and their mom wants to create a clothing line, you know? And so we were just dreaming up of this clo- this wakeboarding clothing line. We called it Wakeology and we were like drawing pictures and talking about it. And, and really like as for- we were 14 years old. So it was like, is this really going to become a reality? And and we didn't really, I don't know if we thought, oh, this is going to happen. It was more just a dream, you know? But then my dad was like, let's do this. Like, how about you guys actually turn this into something? I'll fund the first order of shirts and hats and you guys can just sell them into stores and all this, right? So once that happened and, and then once, like I got to learn the graphic design, I learned how to screen print. Um, we started selling them in stores. I started selling them in just out of my truck at school. We ran some marketing campaigns. Like I plastered all these stickers all over my friend's cars without knowing. <laughs> <You know, laughs> Guerrilla marketing at its finest, you know? That's good, um, yeah. 
but we, I think like that's when I caught the bug for entrepreneurship. Like it, it needed, it needed my dad to like push me into it. And I was fortunate, you know, not many people's parents are willing to say, why don't you actually pursue this thing and then have the funding to, to back it, you know? So mm-hmm. I was lucky. I lucked out. I, and so I, re- I realized that and my dad's always supported me in every single venture of mine. And, um, I needed that. I needed the experience to really catch the bug for entrepreneurship because, um, entrepreneurs might not know and there might be people that are like has have that entrepreneurial spirit inside them but it's never really released because they've they've been taught you know throughout their whole life that a plus b equals c you go to school Mm -hmm. you get a degree you get a corporate job and you make money and you you know that's it and that's a great way to go through life it's very it's it's there's no shame in that at all but if people want to pursue their thing and they don't have that opportunity, then maybe they like, maybe they could break free. And actually you see it because in times of depression, like in um, times of like economic down downs, you see um, people lose their jobs. And then what do you see? You see innovation because people lose their jobs and then they go, Oh, well, I'm going to start the idea that I've had for 10 years. Let's go for it. Mm -hmm. You know? And then entrepreneurial spirit gets released and that's where great businesses are born. So it's hard to take risks. It's hard to jump out and, and you need a little push to like get into it. But um, I had that luckily and I had it from an early age. So I was able to see, okay, that's what I really want to do in life. Yeah, man. No, that is really cool. And it reminds me of something that I was talking about in another one of these episodes with someone, I don't remember which episode, but like God, God is our father, right? Like literally really he's our father. And he is a creator, right? Jesus Christ is the creator of this world. God is a creator by nature. And so as his children, we are also creators, right? We we want to create. And so sometimes we just need, like not all of us create in the same way, right? Some people might create and innovate in in a corporate environment, but other people might be artists and painters and musicians and other people might be entrepreneurs, right? You create a business and that's what you want to build. Some people want to build apps, right? But we all have this ability to kind of make something out of nothing, like make something that didn't exist before, which is such an interesting thing. And so, I don't know, like, I think that's a, it's a cool blessing that we have to be able to do that, you know? Oh yeah. We, yeah, we definitely come from a long line of creators, <laughs> you know, an infinite, infinite amount of creations before us. And we ourselves are creations. I think it's, it's beautiful. Um, and yeah, and create in your own way. I like that you brought up so many different, a variety of creations, because it doesn't have to all look the same, you know, it could be food, you know, it could be an experience yeah. for somebody, it could be a family culture it could be a home right like creating a a good home environment it could the list goes on and on and on and on like it it doesn't it's not all the same and i think we're all creators by nature and that's that's beautiful yeah definitely so one thing that i don't know my mind just immediately went to um is your your wife is she like a pretty big business partner with you right in this yeah and so i was wondering how how has she changed like your your views on on how to run this company and how has she been 
really instrumental in, in the company and also in your life? That's a good question. She, I think what she does for me, we're independently the same individual. I mean, yes, we've evolved. We are, we, we get to be ourselves in our marriage, meaning like not one are, are changing us each other dramatically in a sense that we're not authentic or, or, you know, we're not authentic mm-hmm. to ourselves. I think that's one thing is w- what we have going for us is we allow each other to be, to have our own individuality. And that's even mm-hmm. down to like how we, like Mackenzie lets me, I went skateboarding last night till midnight, just here at the office. We have a little mini ramp and I was with friends and we were listening to music and, and skating for hours. And that, and that to me is what I need in my life. I need freedom. Mm-hmm. I need, I need that expression. I need that like skateboarding. I need that community. Um, and she lets me do that. She doesn't hold me back from that. Um, and so she basically what, like I said, from the start or what I was going to say is Mackenzie basically lets me be the best version of myself. Um, she doesn't get in the way. She helps where she needs to help, whether that's in spiritual ways or in social ways or whatever else, you know, like that's, that to me is she, she can help me identify my own weaknesses and she cares about me enough to tell me what they are. I think too mm-hmm. often like marriages or even business partners, they, they don't, they're scared that by saying what somebody needs to change is going to create a contention. And then it's going to just, it'll be oil and water. But quite frankly, like if you care about someone enough, then you, you care that they're going to change and, and be better. And that means sometimes that there's going to be arguments. Like there's going to be feelings hurt, you know, like Mackenzie's not afraid to tell me if I'm doing something wrong or if, if a design that I did design looks like crap, because she's going to speak honestly. And I, and I can trust that she's going to speak honestly. And therefore I can also speak honestly. And, and that radical candor is what we call it. Radical candor is at the, at the very root of all innovation. It's at the root of all success because the, the reason we're here on earth is to become something. We want to become like our savior. We want to become perfect. And how are we supposed to do that if people don't tell us where we can improve, you know? And, and I think we have to welcome it. We have to be humble when we receive it. We also have to give it, you know, that candor is so crucial in, in not only our own progression, but in little things too, like, and I would consider business being somewhat of a little thing, you know, like, how are we going to make Thread successful? How are we going to make this product perform well? Well, we're probably going to run a focus group and we're going to ask for real, really honest feedback about what the product needs, you know, like that, it, it helps us refine the product and refine the business, just like we need to be refined as individuals. So Mackenzie has taught me that. I think that's like one thing we can rely on each other is that we trust that we're going to be honest and open. And like I said, that has created a number of large arguments. I've been slapped in the face before. (laughs) Um, I've been sworn at, you know, like that's, but, and, and it's taken that for me to like, okay, understand certain things. Like I, mm-hmm. I think arguments are okay if you walk away with it from them being better and wanting mm-hmm. to change and, and become better. They're not, they're not beneficial if it just continues to fester or create more conflict. I think mm-hmm. it's, it, it can be helpful to be confrontational. Um, obviously, the more t- 
impactful you can be, the better, but obviously we're not perfect and things, you know, we're sensitive human beings. We're going to get hurt and, and it's going to blow up most likely uh, a lot of times, but that's, that's okay. And we've come to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're all kind of like prideful by nature. Right. <laughs> and so right. like, no matter what, somebody telling you the complete, complete truth is going to kind of offend you. But in my life, I've seen that sometimes being offended a little bit is actually essential to growth. Right. Cause if, if nobody offends you ever, then like your pride is never challenged and you're never going to really learn anything that's different from, from the worldview that you already hold. Right. And right. that's kind of how, how God works too. Right. God will always tell you straight up, like through the Holy ghost He's like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And yeah. the difference between God and Satan is kind of like what you were saying, the difference between a, a productive argument and an unproductive argument where one of them, like you might, you, you walk away better, right? You walk away from the Holy ghost better, but you walk away from Satan always just feeling more like crap about yourself. And like, you're like, Oh, I can't wait for that again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The adversary wants to beat you down. Whereas God's, you can tell his intentions are so pure to, to, to build you up. You know, and, and that means he's got to break you down sometimes. And but knowing that it's all coming from a place of love with God, you can trust that, okay, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to be humble about it. I'm going to go through this trial and and pray and have you by my side to, to make sure that whatever the intent is, whatever you want me to learn here, I'm going to learn. But yeah, you're right. The adversary is the complete opposite. It's coming from the opposite of love hatred or you know mm-hmm. and and he wants to destroy you and, and knock you down and break you down not you know rebuild you so i like that analogy yeah exactly he's he's just there jealous like he just wants to wants to crush everything about like a bad relationship we get with satan so it's great yeah. like we can learn so much from him <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so you talked a little bit about um these concepts of having your eyes single to the glory of God earlier when we were talking. And I was curious, how do you feel like that has been uh, a theme in your life? And how do you feel like you've been able to do that with like family and business and friends and like everything changing? How do you feel like you maintain your eye single to the glory of God? That's such a good question. And I don't think I'm perfect at this by any means, but I would say like, you know, I, I ask God for a lot, you know, and in, in every aspect of life, but I can't rely on God to help me if I don't have pure intentions. And so that's something I always have to keep myself in check with, you know, like, why do I want this asking myself, okay, why do we want success as a company? Like, do we just want to, do we just want to be rich, you know, or what, what's the whole reasoning behind it? And if we can honestly, even to ourselves be be genuine about we want to build this up to help people and that's the whole purpose for it then then i think we're doing god's work you know and and to me there's so much of god's work to be done in business you know that's developing first off my own self like learning how to manage people i think that's becoming christ-like i think teaching other people to you know 
draw out their potential in some that's Christ like like teaching someone to um take risks and follow their gut and whether you call it gut or the holy ghost like that that's Christ like and there's so much to be learned in business he wants us to succeed in business he wants us to learn these things and so if our intentions are pure and if i can keep that in check then i believe that he's going to continue to bless me with opportunities failures or successes that teach me the things i need to to become Christ like so i don't know i i think keeping my eyes on the glory means um like my own my own personal development is at the is at the top of my list and teaching and bringing that potential out of other people is also at the top of my list people is number 1 for me in everything that we do um and if it if that slips because i so sorry i've got a lot of thoughts here personally i believe god is in the business of human development he cares about us as people uh, as far as the church goes or as far as like religion goes like i don't think he cares too much about their like really what religion you are he cares about you becoming christ like like to me that's that's at the the top of his list and if that means somebody's next step in their life is being catholic versus lutheran or whatever it is then he doesn't care like he just he cares that he's going to develop that person he's going to do whatever it takes to make sure that he's by their side and to help them become christ like to me that comes in a number of different ways and a number of different organizations and so um you know i can do my part in business um and then we've created a nonprofit um our slogan at thread is carry on so we've created the carry on uh the carry on foundation is centered around teaching people mental skills and life skills through outdoor recreation through action sports the things that that i love art and music and and if i feel i feel like i'm doing the lord's work in that because i'm i'm teaching individuals mental skills that they need to succeed in life so i'm i don't know i think if i if i keep doing these things not just thinking them you know and 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 just saying them in prayer but then executing on them to me that's keeping my eyes on the glory of god and he'll continue to guide me down this path then i then i don't feel guilty asking him every night for guidance you know because i know that i'm doing my part too sure man i kind of want to learn a little bit more about your nonprofit cuz those are just so interesting to me is it is it all here in the us is it like how do you guys actually apply that how do you actually like do that carry that out yeah it's um it's all very new we haven't officially launched um to the public yet but we we just built a skate park in utah county and nice. we just launched it yesterday it was our first group sessions we've been teaching yeah we've been teaching private lessons um to individuals and um but now we're at the like group level and we're we're implementing the carry on curriculum which is not just skateboarding but we have a a session a breakout session where we talk about mental skills whether that's like resilience or overcoming fears or anxieties or anger those types of things um so we pretty much it's very very new um we're starting in utah and we're starting with skateboarding and then we'll copy and paste that curriculum to snowboarding and skiing and surfing and outdoor recreation yeah man no that'll be really cool it's like um 
that's something that can actually like really make a big difference. Right. So I like that, that you're able to keep that focus with thread and make it, you know, our, our goal is to help people, but then also you're like, you know, money comes in through it and you're like, well, what can we do with this that will help more people instead exactly. of just helping us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think money is very much needed in God's plan. Um, at least here on earth, right? Like we, God needs money on this earth for us to, to use it wisely, um, to, you know, build temples, build churches, to give money to the poor, to help during, um, catastrophes. There's money is, is a great thing. And, um, if, if used well, used responsibly, and it's nice because we've, um, we found success with thread and now it's just taking the money we've been given and, and giving back. That's always been a guiding principle for Mackenzie, my wife and I, and our team here is, um, you know, we've been given a lot. How do we, how do we give back? Yeah, no, I really like that. I like, I hadn't thought about that. God, God needs money, right? Like we all need money, even God, otherwise he wouldn't do tithing, right? Cause <laughs> you have to use it to, to accomplish everything in the, in this world. And so he, he's aware of that and, and he makes it work. And so he can help us out too, if it's absolutely needed, right? He wants to help right. as many of his children as possible. And I'm sure he's more inclined to help out those who are going to use that money to further that work, right? right. Um, for you, were there any like really foundational experiences that you feel like were foundational to your testimony that, that now you're still, you're still building off of? Yeah, of course. I, there's, you know, you always come across doubts or concerns, especially with just the, you know, there's, to me, I segment like there's the gospel and then there's the church and there's mm -hmm. the culture. There's the culture of like the Mormon culture. And, and you come across doubts or concerns with either one, but, you know, as of late, mm -hmm. it seems like there's a lot more concerns and issues within the church um, or church history or the culture um, that we're a part of. And, mm -hmm. and you, like, I have to go back on those, those moments uh, that I, I had my testimony built on, you know, and that's, you know, at 14 years old, my parents got divorced and I was in a depressive state and I prayed very strongly that I just be given a friend. And I, cause we moved and I was just, I just needed a friend. And at, in that moment at night, I felt the, I felt like Christ was in the room with me, that, that he cared about me. And he said, I'll take care of you. And, and that week I met my best friend, Stuart. And that was, that was kind of the start of like, for me, God is there that he's, he's present in my life. Um, that wasn't necessarily the church. That was just more so my relationship with God. And, mm -hmm. and then I got to through to BYU and I remember being at my dad's house up in Park City and I, I just rode my bike up to this beautiful pond at this outlook on this on the top of the hill. And I was just sitting there. I was like, man, I have just given, I just kind of talking out loud. And I, I don't think it was really necessarily a prayer, but I was just like, man, my life is good. Like I have so much going for me. And it turned into like this gratitude and it started to turn into a prayer of like, thank you. Like, thanks so much for everything that I have. Like, there's so much that I have. It's like, 
I, I just like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Like what? And I remember questioning, like, why, why have you given this to me when there's so many people who don't have this? Like, why have you just like, why have you given this to me? I feel so un felt so unworthy. And in that moment, the scripture that I had long remembered of uh, from seminary days was, it came to my mind very clearly, like you've been given a lot because now you're required to give a lot or much is given, much is required. And that's when I decided to serve a mission and I was ready to go. So served a mission and went to Oregon. And obviously I, throughout my mission, I had some amazing experiences with learning more about the church and building my testimony on the church, not just the the gospel. I feel like the gospel is there, but now like the church is the, is the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Is that an organization that's um, was founded by, by God and is continued to be run by a prophet of God. And I believe it is. And that, that came through reading the book of Mormon and praying about it and preaching about it and, and feeling that same spirit, that same spirit I felt in my room at 14 years old was, has been with me through um, my mission and um, the rest of my life. So I look back on all those experiences. My mission was like 12 years ago, but that I, I still look back on and I'm grateful for those experiences I had. But I, I love that, that message, right? Where much is given, much is required. Because each of us really have been given so much. There's that hymn, right? Because I've been given much, I too must give. And so I'm grateful that you, that you shared that. Thank you. So my last question that I, that I always ask in every interview is this, this podcast is aimed towards young adult members of the church. And so I'm curious what advice you would give to somebody who, who is, you know, a young adult, whether they're single in college, not in college, married, whatever, what, what would be your, like the Colby Bauer, like pinnacle of advice for a young adult member of the church? Oh, that's awesome. That's a good question. I, I've just come to learn, I've kind of lived in the middle of the park when it comes to like anything like politically or within the church. Like I, I, I'm not too extremist on in any regard and that's served me well um, because I can kind of tend to look at both sides of the picture. And I think one of the things, you know, depending on your household and how you were raised as a member of the church, you're, you're trained to believe that, that like only good, I mean, this some, here's some extreme views like there's only good people in the church or that there's mm -hmm. um, that we're, we have like only we have the truth or um, it's, it's so like people are evil if they, if they sin, if they drink or smoke or um, mess up with the law or, you know, the, all these things, right? Like there's, or like down to things like, addictions eating disorders and mental health like that like perfection is such a um to me it's like it's preached as like you can't mess up whereas like we were intent like the whole reason we came to this earth was to mess up and learn from that like nobody is perfect i think that like we hold ourselves to a standard in the church that can be detrimental to some people because we feel like, oh, I got to be perfect or, or other people have to be perfect. And then, then you judge them. And so I think that like God has a lot more grace than we, we realize, you know, and that like, there's, 
um, kind of times and seasons in your life where you're going to be do a lot better with, you know, what you feel like God wants you to do versus other times. And that's okay. Like it's okay to go through those types of phases. And it's, it's important that we go through those phases as long as we're learning from them and, and progressing and becoming better people. Um, I think like the advice I'd give is, is have that outlook towards you on yourself. Like don't hold yourself to like a perfect perfection and also to everyone else that's just trying and in in or out of the church people that um, you see on the street who have tattoos and drink and like they're good people there are great people outside of the church and you know i'm speaking to the extreme extreme views that are kind of taught sometimes or kind of just by nature we start to believe growing up in the church that I think it's healthy to get outside of that and go explore the world and and find out for yourself that um, people are amazing and they're trying their best and they fail and they're not perfect and they're, they come from different walk of life and that's great and that's what makes this world so beautiful. And um, anyways, I've, I think that'd be the, the advice that I'd give. Yeah, I love that. That's so good and really insightful there's i read a conference talk one time that the guy said like oh you know your circumstances in this life are a result of your level of righteousness in the like the life before in the life and i was like that bothered me so much i was like what the heck so somebody who has like you know who's really struggling in life like they were just a crappy person before and obviously not right so i brought that to my mission president he was like dude there are people out here who have never heard about like the gospel of jesus christ who are living the life that is perfect for them they've been given this perfect recipe to to grow and to become like you said like jesus christ right it doesn't really matter that much where you are and the church is a vehicle to get there right and so right. yeah no but thank you thank you for sharing that it's a good good perspective I think that's that more people you, need. your perspective on the the church is a vehicle to become something i think the moment we lose sight of that then we've lost the intention for why god organized it the way he did mm-hmm. i think like mm-hmm. you're right and and that means we welcome people who need the vehicle which is everyone and that means mm-hmm. everyone whether like you know, they smell like smoke or they're addicted to pornography or they've been in jail or they're LGBTQ or they have uh, addictions and they have whatever, right? Like they are welcome. They need a vehicle. They need they need to become just like our savior, just like every one of us, right? Like that. And how, how can we best help them? I think that's the question we... And not and it, not that everyone's just a project. I don't think we need to look at everyone as like, oh, how do we help them? Because yeah. we don't have all the answers either. But it's like we're in this together. This is a community thing. And anyways, I, I think that's a healthy perspective to have. And I appreciate your your uh, comments. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Colby. We'll we'll close it up right there. Thanks for listening to Faith, Hope, and Prosperity hosted by Austin Green. Find and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.